The Gospel According to St. John After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen. I had an interesting and what I believe important conversation with one of our members this week. And the topic of the conversation was, surprise, church. We talked about what the church might look like as we move forward. We talked about in-person worship, making plans for the future. And then he said something very interesting. It sort of went like this. People comment that I go to church a lot, and they ask me about that. And I tell them why I go. I, I share with them why I like the congregation and what I like about it. And they seem really interested in it. They seem to want to know more until I tell them that I go to a Lutheran church. He said, then their eyes kind of gloss over and they seem to lose interest. They say things like, oh, I wasn't raised Lutheran or I'm not sure what they believe. He said that he tries to get people to come to church with him, but they really are reluctant when they realize we are a Lutheran church. I find that really interesting and informative because 
as he described it, they seem to like the character of our church, but not the label of our church. Maybe the label has some baggage or an image that causes their resistance. If they don't know what it means to be a Lutheran Christian, it doesn't sound like they're very interested in finding out. But either way, without pursuing it further, it would be hard to know what their resistance really is. Yet certainly, part of the labeling has to do with their image of the church, what they think the church is about. And I wonder if we could help clear this up if we witnessed to them. Witnessing. Now there is a part of the Lutheran character that we don't spend a lot of time talking about. We don't consider witnessing to be part of our character. But maybe we should. Especially if we're going to take seriously what Jesus said his followers ought to do. Today in Acts, we, they want to know if it was time for them to set up the kingdom. But Jesus told them that timing was God's business. In the meantime, they had a job to do. And it wasn't just to be looking up at the clouds. He said, you will be a witness for me. Jesus was giving them a job description. You will witness for me from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. And it must have worked. We are part of the church because they did their job spreading the good news of Jesus Christ until the church became the worldwide body of Christ. So obviously, being a witness is important to being a Christian. But is it? How seriously do we take that part of our job description, Lutheran or not? I attended a, a seminary graduation one year, and the preacher told the graduates that they had spent four long years preparing for what was a, a vital, vitally important job. But he also told them that the world really didn't care very much whether they succeeded or not, because most people believe they are pretty much just fine the way they are. But he told them that they should leave that place with the words of Jesus ringing in their ears, you will be my witnesses. Then he turned to the rest of the congregation and said, I'll bet a lot of you are really glad to hear that. You're happy to have these trained professionals to go out and do that job because it sort of lets you off the hook. You'll be glad to pay for somebody to do your job. How terribly sad that is. But how true. I suspect that most all of us would much rather spend our time gazing up into the clouds than we would 
we would rather do that than, than be a witness for Jesus. But the fact is, all of us are witnesses. Our baptism service is our anointing service. And in that service, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So let your light shine so that others will see it and give glory to God. Now, we probably know that. But still, the thought of witnessing makes us about as nervous as being cross-examined in a real trial. Right? I think a lot of us feel like, well, we're, you know, we're not trained to do it. We didn't go to seminary. We don't know the right things to say. Or maybe we're afraid that we say the wrong thing and do some kind of damage to the cause. I suspect a lot of us are, are kind of scared to be considered religious nuts by other people, like those folks who stand on the street corners and shout at you. And none of us really likes to feel rejection. So all of those are, are really valid points. I understand it, why it would make us want to hold back. But maybe witnessing is not as bad as we might think. Perhaps it would help to consider what a witness really does. Think about what a witness does as being part of a trial. Someone witnessed an event, and then they come and they witness to what happened. They testify to what happens. But it's important to remember that the witness never is in control about what happens after that? They're, they're not responsible for the outcome. All a witness does is to tell the truth as they understand it, as they experienced it. In other words, witnesses simply tell their story. That's exactly what the disciples did. They didn't make up a bunch of stuff. They, they saw it. They witnessed Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And then they told others about it. They weren't responsible for what happened after that. But they trusted that God would bless their work. And they let the Spirit take over. And the church spread until it covered the earth. As the church today, we still follow that same pattern, no matter what our label is. We gather together to be reminded of who we are, God's own children, loved, blessed. We're given the promise of forgiveness and, and new life. We are nourished around God's holy meal. And then we are sent out. To share the good news with other people. We're not responsible for the outcome of our witnesses, of witnessing or our sharing. That's God's business. All we can do is let others know what Christ means in our lives. And trust that God will use that as God chooses. But maybe that's part of the catch.
Maybe that's why witnessing is still scary. Because let's admit it. Sometimes we're not sure we can tell exactly what Christ means to us. It's hard to describe. Or maybe we're not really sure what our lives look like because of our relationship with Him. And maybe sometimes, myself included, we tend to believe that following Jesus is really just doing church stuff. And that's not very exciting to share with other people. But what's interesting is doing church stuff, all that church stuff is supposed to help us to grow closer to Christ, to understand Christ's love for us so that we can witness to his love. Mark Scott is a Lutheran pastor in Chapin, South Carolina, and one day on his way home from church, he saw a sign posted outside a church-run thrift shop. The sign said, Jesus loves you. Donations accepted. And I think that really is a good description of, of what I'm talking about. The Spirit creates the church so that we can know we are loved with a love beyond our imagining. Jesus loves us. There's no question about it. And being part of a church gives us the chance to practice sharing that love with each other. But our donations to the cause of Christ are joyfully accepted. Our donations are our call to witness, to share how much he loves us, to tell the truth as we experience it, to share the love we have here with the folks next door, the folks down the street, and the people across town, and to the ends of the earth. And the truth is, the rest is up to God. God creates the timing of our sharing. God produces the results, not us. But when we do our part, when we make our donation, we may never know the difference it might make in someone's life. Mildred Corey was worried what everyone would say as she sat in the church after the service. There had been a baptism that day, and the pastor was having pictures made with the family. Finally, he came by and asked if he could help her. Lovely service today, Pastor, she said. And then there was a long pause. My daughter, Tina, just had a baby. And, uh, well, we, we thought the baby ought to be baptized. Mildred hesitated again. Tina's got no husband. She's only 18. She got pregnant and, well, she wants the baby 
baptized, but she's, she's really nervous about coming and talking to you about it. The pastor said he would be glad to speak with Tina about it, and then he would take it up with the church council, which was the standard practice in that congregation. When the matter came up for discussion at the council meeting, there were lots of questions about whether or not Tina could keep her commitment to raise the child in the church. The pastor said he had talked to her and he was convinced that she could if the church would support her. But then there was the problem about standing up for them. In that church, the custom was to ask in the service, who stands with this child? And then the whole extended family would stand up together in support of the child's baptism. Everyone on the council knew what would happen. The question would be asked and only Mildred Corey would stand up. It would be awkward. It would be uncomfortable. It hurt them to think about that scene. But they approved it anyway. The church was full that day. It was near Christmas. And the crowds were always bigger then. Nervously, Tina slowly walked down the aisle holding her son. She would only look at the pastor. And she looked so alone. The pastor began the service of baptism. And then looking at Mildred, he asked, Who stands with this child? Slowly, Mildred began to stand, glancing from side to side, trying to smile. But then the, the pastor noticed something out of the corner of his eye. Angus McDonald, the elder whose grandson had been baptized a few weeks earlier, he stood up with his wife. And then one or two of the other elders began to stand, and, and pretty soon the entire congregation was standing up for little Jimmy and his mother Tina and her mother Mildred. Tina was crying. Mildred looked like she was going to faint for joy. But from that day on, Jimmy had a family who stood with him and showed him the face of Christ. They were witnesses to their faith of what God had done for them and that they believed that faith was meant to be shared. And share it they did. You know, as we begin to move into a new time of ministry in the days ahead, I believe if we could be that kind of church, one who knows Jesus loves us and that our donations to the cause can change a life. If we could be that kind of church, 
that maybe it wouldn't really matter if we have a, a Lutheran label or any kind of label. I believe folks would be interested to learn more about us. I believe they would come and want to be a part of us. The only way to find out if I'm right is for us to do our job. To be witnesses. To stand up for those who need to be loved. And to show them the face of Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen.